0: Regeneration through education.
1: Let's run down the halls, speak out of turn, break a few rules and have an honest conversation of why schools need to change. Join me, Sal Gordon, and other Rule Breakers as we dig into what needs to change, why and how we can pick up the pace of education reform. I think the school bell is about to ring, so let's get ready to get real. Welcome. Welcome to Regeneration Through Education. My name is Sal Gordon and I'm the Head of Teaching and Learning at Green School Bali. I hope you can hear me okay above the chickens and the bugs as I join you live from a jungle village not far from Ubud. The purpose of education is to prepare people and communities for the future to build a culture that moves us towards sustainability. And it's teachers that make this happen every day in their classrooms, in schools. I think teachers are superheroes and educators at Green School Bali are some of the top educators on the planet. Our teachers create innovative, fun and transformative learning experiences every day. One such teacher, who lives and breathes regeneration through education is Angie Kilbane and we're super lucky to have her here to talk about how she is educating for sustainability. Angie, welcome.
0: Hi, Sal. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here today.
1: Yeah, great. It's so cool hanging out with you in the holidays. Thank you very mm-hmm. much for, for spending a bit of time with us. And welcome to everyone who's joined us live. You know, a little snippet of information before we get to know you a little bit is that my first thought of this podcast series wasn't a live podcast series. So it's interesting to see how things evolve and we bend like bamboo, uh, definitely at Green School. And so now we're doing this live podcast and it's great just to be hanging out with you. I think we know each other well enough just to be able to have a, a pretty cool, relaxed conversation. Yeah. But let's get to know you a little bit. Where did you grow up?
0: I grew up in Ohio, USA, mm-hmm. right outside of the city of Cleveland.
1: And where'd you go to school?
0: I went to I went to Saint Mary's Catholic School until grade eight and then I went to Holy Name High School for all of high school and I went to Ohio University
1: you're yeah, right cool yeah. so let's go back a little bit and i really wanted to get to know you um teaching is a personal thing and so let's talk about you as a person what's one of your favorite memories from when you're at school when you're a kid
0: i have um throughout school element ele- from kindergarten up through high school like a few really stand out memories um and then a lot of gaps in between but in kindergarten we had the opportunity Uh, Our school had a partnership with a local farm and they would bring chicks um, every year and we would hatch them and keep them in an incubator. So I have really early memories of holding these chicks and taking care of them. Um, That is, that's my earliest standout school memory. And then jumping up a middle school club called Power of the Pen, and it was all about creative writing. And every week after school, we'd get different creative writing prompts. And it was just it was a, it was different to when we were writing in school. It was fun. It was playful. It was silly. And I remember one of my classmates, AJ, getting up and reading his work at the end. It was a mystery. And someone broke into his house and he picked up the first thing he could find, which was a butter knife. And he thought, what am I going to do? butter them to death. And this, this is from, I think, when I was in sixth grade. And I remember that like it was yesterday. Um, I don't remember anything else I wrote about. Um, and I didn't even write that. It was just so powerful. Um, and then I think the last one was a teacher taking us to volunteer at a local camp um, for children with, di- with different learning needs and disabilities. It was called um, Camp Cheerful. And that was my first time getting out of school and volunteering in my local community. So those are those are my really big standouts from my my K to grade eight education.
1: Well, that's epic. I, we could just dive into those questions, into those responses. Um, you 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 sound like had much more um, fun time at school than me. Um. Wow, I love the, the the progression there too, that early age, that building biophilia and connection with animals, young young chicks, um, and then middle school, yeah, um, and you know middle school really well because you're a middle school legend. Um, the power of the pen and exciting students uh, about, yeah, create, being creative with their words. And then that service, that service element. So yeah, they're but- really, really key parts of education, aren't they?
0: Yeah, but the really interesting thing is both the service part and the power of the pen. Those were both extracurricular activities, right? Add-ons. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I loved them, and but those are my takeaways from from that part of my education.
1: Yeah, I, honestly, probably the baby chicks were probably a little bit of an add-on too, in yeah. terms of what people thought you should have been concentrated uh, on learning. Yeah. What What did you learn at school? That, you know, let's go the other way. What did you learn at school that you think was a total waste of time?
0: It like everything, many things, not everything, <laughs> many things, many things in between, because when I when I try to think of the answer to these questions, it's not what I do remember, it's what I don't remember. Um, and so mm-hmm. why and that has me reflecting on my experience as a teacher, yeah. how do we create meaningful, memorable experiences for our students, not just for the sake of for the sake of fun and learning, because you learn more when you're engaged and mm-hmm. it makes an impact on you. So I would say, um, and I love I love history. I've taught uh, I've taught history a lot in social studies, but I don't remember a lot of the chronological things I learned about those, especially um, in middle school and high school. And mm-hmm. also things that I had to memorize in in science class, for example, um, memorizing the periodic table and things like that. It just I I couldn't remember it then. I can't remember it now. Um, but the interesting thing about all of that is that I always tested very well. So these things that didn't stick with me, I was still able to tick boxes quite well, which isn't the Mm. point of an education as we are talking about it today, right?
1: No, we're not talking about ticking boxes. Um, that's for (laughs) sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm astounded if we really, even if every individual thought about their school experience, um, what they really learned from it, uh, compared to what was trying to be taught. Um, well, we really need to think education. That's what we're doing, rethinking education. you are yeah. you now. let's fast forward a few more years out of your childhood, out of you being at school, back at school as an educator. who are you as an educator? Give us a short bio.
0: Okay, a short bio is I am an accidental educator. I did not mean to to get into education. I graduated from university and was um, really lucky. No, I wasn't lucky. I worked hard for it. I got uh, a scholarship called a Fulbright English Teaching Assistantship that sent me to Singosari East Java for a year. And I taught at a middle, uh, at um, a high school there called SMK Mohammadi Atiga Singosari Malang for a year. And I just I loved it so much, and my role at that school was an English teaching assistant, so I was helping the teachers there in their classrooms, and I was always like, what can I do, how can I help prepare today, and they said, said, how can we have fun with the kids learning English, so it was all about trying to do engaging things in classes that sometimes had 55 students in them. Um, So I enjoyed that so much. um, And in preparation for that, I had gotten an English um, teaching certificate. I decided to further continue my studies in education so that I could continue teaching. Um, So fast forward from there, I moved to Jakarta, but my most standout experiences are as um, MYP teacher, teaching individuals and societies, and becoming a sustainability coordinator and um, services action coordinator. And those were my main focuses and where I really found my passions as an educator before coming to Green School.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay, just brought us to the next thing I want to know about you. Um, You joined Green School, you were going to join Green School, um, but then COVID hit, right? Um, And then education, sort of an international school education um did a strange little U-turn upside-down roller coaster on us. Um, when did you join Green School? The year after that, yeah. Yeah, and I
0: joined Green School in
1: 2021. Yeah. And then why? Why Green School?
0: So Green School is a place that has been on my radar since the very beginning. Um, I came to Indonesia in 2007, and some of my um, fellow English teaching assistants from the Fulbright Program, after they finished the Fulbright program a couple of years after, um, got the opportunity to be summer kind of summer camp counselors at this new innovative school called Green School. Um, so that was the first time I heard of it. I was, oh and it was always somewhere like, oh, that's cool. I should check that out one day. Um, And in 2010, I had like my big environmental awakening after watching a documentary called Bagot. And I just had this aha moment of like, oh, my gosh, what are we doing? Why are we not talking about this stuff? Why are we not teaching about the issues that face our world and our role in it? Um, And at that moment, I was like, I need I need to change the way I teach I need to like ring alarm bells in my school like why isn't everybody worried about this as well and I need to I need to figure out the best way forward for me in my my mission to educate for sustainability and so at that point I was like one day I need to go to this place called Green School um but the time just hadn't been right so um in the meantime between 2011 probably and 2021 in that 10 years I, Um, I pestered my principal at the time to let me set up a sustainability committee and a sustainability policy. And I was the crazy sustainability lady at my school. And then when I went to my next school, I did the same thing. And in that though, in bringing my passion to the forefront, um, the students saw that I was really passionate about these things and they would come to me like, hey, we really want to go to this conference called Caretakers for the Environment International. Like, will you help us? And be like, yes. Um, and we did so many fun things. We had we founded a Global Issues Network Club at our school. We came up with lots of cool projects. And in doing that, um, we were able to go meet other like-minded students and educators at different conferences around Indonesia. And as we would go to these conferences, we would inevitably also run into people from Green School of Bali um, and Cool Cool Connection students. Mm-hmm. And so that reminded me of my, oh, I want to get there one day. So before I knew the time was right to actually come there, I signed up for the Green Educators course. And I came in 2018 for a five-day immersive experience on campus. And that really changed my life. Oh, my gosh. It was amazing. Um, I came back to my school. The The course I had gone to had a focus on sustainable urbanization, which was really relevant for my context in jakarta so i Hmm. came back with all of these really wonderful tools for what i could do take from green school in my urban environment um and it, it was i just i can't put into words how much it changed me um i would go for where i would normally go into this box building and go up to the seventh floor teacher's room every day and then go to my classroom i developed a new routine of stopping in the garden outside and collecting all of the flowers that fell on the ground and bringing them into the classroom so the students can could have a little piece of nature with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, I, I couldn't shake it. I was like, okay, Green School 2020 is my mission. Um, and it almost happened in 2020. And then COVID came. And then 2021, it finally came to life.
1: It's obvious why we're talking to you about regeneration through education. Um, and you've been doing it for a long time. Like, lot of, lot of, like a lot of teachers all around the world are doing it, you know. Um, Green School is only one small fish in the that innovation of education, for sure. Um, yeah. So you've been at Green School for a couple of years, few years. Um, you've been really leading what we call the Grade 8 Quest program. Um, that's really what I want to talk to you about. Or I could talk to you about everything else that you've spoken about before but I think it directs uh, directly connected to sort of your ideals around education. So that Quest project for our grade eight students, can you just give us a brief description of what that is, our Quest, Quest program?
0: The Quest program is our middle school capstone project. And in this students take about seven, six to seven months, um, depending on the timeline of that year, um, to come up with their own passion Passion project that they want to pursue um, research. They follow basically um, like a services act service in action type of learning cycle where they investigate, um, they plan, they take action, they reflect, and they document and showcase to the community. Um, and it's just so unique because it's is not unique in that it's a capstone project because schools around the world have capstone projects, but the focus is really on on them their passion and connecting that passion to either um social justice and the environment and sustainability or or well-being and they they are all able to connect their passion to one of these things and you see through this whole six month long process them really develop their identity throughout that time um, which is super important in their phase of adolescent development um, to see them grow in confidence and showcase who they are what they care about and then get up in front of the whole school community I don't how many people fit in the sun cup cell in our auditorium
1: like two three hundred people in there sometimes Mm.
0: yeah so between and to to speak about this for seven to ten minutes in front of 200 to 300 people as a 13 or 14 year old it is just it is so incredible to to see how to see them start from brainstorming and ideating to go to take action and do their project and then to get up very uh, confidently and share about it in front of the whole school community and then be embraced celebrated and continue on their learning journey with enthusiasm and confidence.
1: You know, I ask you that question, but you know, you know, I know the answer to it. It There's an awesome description there. Um, You know, I I was in middle school too, but probably even a little bit differently. As a perspective of that um, awesome description, is my son did it last year, or the year before? Now, wow, time flies, yeah. I know. And I saw him change before my eyes Um, as an educator in a school that's designed these help design these learning experiences and then for your own child to be standing there. I remember actually watching him um, before he walk, walked onto the stage and he was so nervous. He couldn't actually um, pick up his glass of water um, to have a drink, but he came off that stage a different person. Um, the learning's quite good. And you you did mention there, like, you know, capstone projects aren't new. There's heaps of schools doing them, big international curriculum, integrating those into their, their, yeah. their program. But what's something that might be unique about the green school, green school way of doing capstones with, you know, we've, we've got footprints for grade five, our grade eights, quest, and our grade 12s with the greenstones, you know, there is a progression there. So that's probably something unique. But what else do you see is sort of a little bit unique in terms of student learning uh, or possibly even impact of that learning, internal and external impact?
0: I think um, there there are a number of things that make it unique, but one of the things that really stands out to me is 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 the focus on keeping it passionate and fun and not not getting bogged down by. I don't want to say they are evaluated in it. They there is there are expectations. There are high expectations, um, but the. The student is is so key in, in, in setting what they want it to be, and instead of instead of us saying like, "Oh no, but you but you need to make sure that that it it meets this or does this," instead of approaching it that way, it's like, "Okay, like this is your passion. How do we make it happen? How do we?" It's more of a yes and instead of a yes but situation um, every time, and something that our um, our middle school. Learning neighborhood had Dan said, and in, in the first year. So this is my first year at Green School. Was my first year leading Quest with your together with your son. Um, I I was learning a lot along the way too because I was coming from a system where where like if it's your project, you you need to do it or you need to you need to complete this. And and Dan said something about it. It just really stuck with me, like. Like, of course, you can ask. Of course, you can get help with this. Of course, we can reach out and connect to all of these people in the real world where we are right now. You're always allowed to connect and ask for help. And that was a big aha moment for me in traditional education. And I I feel like in a lot of other capstones, it is it is still kind of it's not authentic in the way where the, the kid isn't isn't allowed to to reach for a hand when they need it or something like that. And Quest is very much about embracing the people around you, collaborating um, and connecting with as many people in, in your amazing wider school community who might share the passions and might be able to, to help, help bring your project forward or maybe help nudge you in a different direction. I, that's one thing I think that really stands out. Um, It's not traditional. I think it's quite unique.
1: Yeah. I love the way that it becomes a really rich learning experience for our community and that sort of external impact. Um, We see sort of education in a school fulfilling an opportunity to to have an impact outside of the classrooms, have an impact in the real world, Um, and allowing students and providing students the opportunity to do something with their learning, stand up and tell us about it, and it teaches our community. I see the those days when the students are presenting uh, towards the end of the year, uh, really high energy. Uh, the school just ups its energy because we've given such an amazing learning experience. All of us, um, parents and teachers and visitors and all the other students that watch them, given this amazing learning experience from our students. And, and a lot of them, you know, there could be 40 questions. Projects delivered, and there might be 20 to 30 greenstones and just 30 to 40 grade five projects of footprints that get presented. That's a lot of learning for a community. Um, yeah. Even if you didn't learn anything else for the year, if you just came to those presentations uh, and learned from those days, it's very, very rich.
0: Yeah, and I think that that brings. Brings me to the next thing that makes it truly unique is in the way that it's demonstrated, presented, and shared at the end, and that is something that even coming into grade eight, all of our students are aware of. They, those who have been with us for a while, had a had a smaller but similar experience in grade five, and they are that really helps set the expectation for them that they are going to get up there and be able to to share their story to a community that really cares is really listening and is excited to learn from them. Um, And my favorite part, I think, of Quest this year was students' excitements in their reflections, because they reflect on it after um, beautiful reflections that go onto their report cards, is the number of students who had a standout moment of someone who came up to them right after their Quest presentation, or in the next day, um, a parent, an adult in the community, or another student, and complimented them about what they had done or asked how they might be able to help take this forward. Um, just how empowering that is for a young person. Um, it's, it's really beautiful.
1: We're definitely making memories. Yeah. Those are those favorite memories um, that we're talking about at the start. Though I know you're not allowed to have favorites, but to give some people an idea of, um, you know, some type of quest projects have you got a list or you've got some to talk through quickly about, you know, some that were fun and impactful? Um, yeah.
0: You've
1: got a lot to choose from.
0: I do. Um, so stop me if I, if I go on for too long. Um, but uh, a mix of of last year's and this year's, um, one standout one is a student named Indra. She had done a project. She, she was a student who very clearly knew what she wanted to do from the beginning. She had an issue that she herself had struggled with and she wanted other teenagers to know that they were not alone. So she designed a conversation card deck um, that could be used among teens or teens with, um, teens with their parents to talk about their issues, um, any, anything they were experiencing to know that you are not alone. And um, in my own volunteer work that I've done in the past um, with street harassment, Um, as another example, research shows that in, in knowing that you're not alone and sharing stories and connecting with others, any sort of trauma or potential trauma that you might experience can, can be lowered. So it's so beautiful, um, watching her, watching her go through her own journey with this and turning it into this beautiful deck, which she's taken forward into her life now and is, um. She printed them and, and sold them at, at our school, and she's actually selling them in the Netherlands now, where she currently lives. But circle full circle, 2023, preparing for Quest this past year, some of our grade eight students, um, like the week before Quest, they were like, energy was high and they needed to calm down. And they were they were like, let's play Endra's card game. And they went and got her game and they asked another teacher. They were like, hey... Ah, uh, booty, will you booty, will you come sit with us and and we, we play Indra's discussion card game? And so seeing that a year later, being like she donated that deck to middle school, it was it was really special. So Indra's is definitely standout. Um this year, a standout experience was um, a student named Alma. We uh, really wanted to do something, and she learned about a, a major problem of ghost fishing nets um, in the sea. So she was out there physically collecting these, wanting to turn them into um, what are, like carabiner hooks and other surf equipment if she could get the plastic and melt it somehow. She hit so many roadblocks along the way, but um, nothing stopped her and she encountered a lot of really wonderful mentors in her school community that could and beyond. They were able to help her, but something also really special about hers was she was able to connect and also mentor a grade five student in his capstone project, um, which 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 was along a similar theme. Uh, so that was really cool with Alma's. Um, one of my favorites be, uh, of not I'm not allowed to have favorites, but one that really stands out for me. Um, was a student last year, uh, Arian, he is a really avid surfer. And in our term two literacy class, just before they started their quests, we had talked about the history of of travel and tourism in Bali. And Mm. so that kind of piqued his interest with the history of um, surf tourism. And so he went out and he found as many experts as he could that he could physically go meet and interview them about responsible surf tourism. And he even, he found an expert that was based somewhere I think in South America and conducted a really professional like Zoom interview. And he created a series of YouTube videos. but so, And we have so many different ways that they can take action. So Ariane raising awareness about mm-hmm. uh, responsible surf tourism through his research and sharing knowledge from experts. Alma physically going out and, and collecting things um, to try to make a direct impact, removing ghost nets from the sea and making them into something else. Indra raising awareness about issues and getting other people involved. Uh, it's just... There's so much, there's so many wonderful things that happen. We had another student um, this year, Kate, who decided that she's really crafty with origami and likes working with paper. And she found out about how much um, like paper waste there is in the world and how much water there goes into paper production. So yeah. she decided she wanted to make sustainable pinatas out of like recycled paper. And so she started working with this and she thought, okay, I'm making these, now what? Um, And she connected with a local organization called Bali Street Moms and taught the women that Bali Street Moms work with at their center how to make these pinatas and so that they could sell them. And they started selling them in our school community and all the profit would go to Bali Street Moms. And this is something that she will continue doing. Um And I think some some people, I, I see Ibu Kate is in the audience today. Ibu Kate ordered a pinata from Kate um, it was just, it was a really incredible project um, that not only was good for, for Kate and her quest and finding out more information, but will leave a lasting impact with the Bali Street Moms because she was able to, to teach this skill, this special thing that she learned to another group of people who can continue it while, when her quest is done.
1: Well, and I know you could just keep going on and on. I and could. On. I You could. know them inside out. Um what an amazing experience. Um Yeah. Put it the other way, what an amazing experience for an educator to
0: I know. I learned so much. Oh,
1: oh you must. This, yeah. I know
0: one one of the students this year, um he deci- he had gone he he found on the internet a video about um sulfur mining in Kawaejen east java and how dangerous it is to the the workers there who don't have masks and um and he went there and he visited and his quest project centered all around trying to raise money for masks for these workers um through his photography skills but because of this i did not know much about sulfur mining to begin with but in order to like to i was curious but also in order to better support henry and his quest i like i learned so much about Sulfur mining and the risks of, of sulfur mining in Kawa and, and what we can do to help. Wow. I get wow. to learn a lot. Yeah.
1: So I think it's pretty obvious, but I mean, this is regeneration through education at its core, uh, almost like a definition of it. And how do you summarize how the Equest program uh, is regeneration through education?
0: I think I don't think I know that that quest is is regeneration through education. Um, First of all, just just from actually seeing these students go go through this, you can see how much it empowers and and allows them to take action now. so I think like green school, we our education is real. It's relationship-centered, it's experiential, it's authentic, and it's local to global. And that is regeneration through education is and should be all of those things. The students are taking our green school skills and really applying them in the most authentic way possible. Um, and they have to do that through their own values, through connecting their passion through to either an environmental a um, uh, a social justice or a well-being um, they have to activate to be able to do that they actually have to they do something um something that they want to do and they learn so much along the way which is shared to the whole s- school community at the end and then we all learn through each other which is regeneration through education like we mm-hmm. everyone in the community learns from each other
1: Some. Pretty cool. I really love, and you've said it a couple of times, about the concept of connecting students' passions with um, a better world, um, with a sustainability outcome, if you wanted to look at it in terms of sort of education speak, But maybe we've all got those passions. And even that just in itself is a, a learning opportunity for a 13-, 14-year-old to see that what they love can be a part of um. And expressing that love for surfing or for art or for photography um, can actually, in a service mindset, make the world a better place. Um
0: definitely.
1: Which is sort of missing, isn't it? but so I'm gonna save a couple of minutes at the or 10 minutes, five to ten minutes at the end um for some questions if there's people that are here live with us um to ask us questions. But before you do that, I've got um wouldn't mind just doing something a little bit fun. I've got a teacher word association game for you to play. Um, I th- think I was going to write down more of these. Um, so with your teacher hat on, yeah, what comes to your mind when I say these words? Oh, I'm going to try and trick you here, Angie.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, first word, blue.
0: Blue sky.
1: Blue sky <laughs> you can
0: see from green schools, wallace classrooms.
1: <laughs> That, that wasn't in the in the list of words I was going to give you. All right, let's be serious. Uh, what comes okay. to mind immediately? Project-based learning. Fun. Exams. Do we need them? Teachers.
0: Teachers, superheroes.
1: Ah, textbooks.
0: Can be useful, but often not engaging for students.
1: Classrooms? Wallace. Oh, yeah. The future. Hope and joy. Awesome. Hope and joy. Fun. Do we need exams? Textbooks. You know, I don't know if I put novels in textbooks. Would you? No. 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 Novels are a special sort of thing. And, you know, we haven't really even talked about your sort of connection to, you know, sort of that epic uh, literacy, uh, English literature we might have to have another conversation but I would like to um, devote the next five to ten minutes I'm looking at the clock at the same time Um, I know Desi's here who uh, Desi's uh, hanging around in the audience as well and Desi's uh, um, one of the leads of the Green Educator course and the Green Educator Network I can see Kate and a few other people there so I wouldn't I would really love if people had a question Um, I'm going to have a look at the the chat. This is very live and been like bamboo. So basically, if there's anyone hanging out with us today, um, please either feel free to unmute and shout out a question to either me or Angie. I'd rather ask Angie. Um, and uh, Or put it in the chat room if, if you'd like as well. I'll have a look at the chat. I can see Desi was ahead of the game. Cool question here. Nick Lane, we know Nick. Um, how are you Nick in New Zealand, Kia ora. Um, do you feel the process supports, the Quest process supports learners in building a values framework or lens through which they decide what is important to them?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, and something that in talking big picture with Quest um, that we we didn't talk about is just how much, there is a, there's a lot of scaffolding and guidance that goes into it. And a lot of, in the early stages of the process is getting students to brainstorm and reflect and think about their values and identify how those connect to the other pieces of the puzzle, the, pa- the patch. So they make lists of all, what do they care about in this regard, in that regard, in that regard, and circling the top three. Um, I'm happy to share that with anyone after this. I can share my email. But um, it definitely helps them to to identify, develop, and strengthen their values. And talking about it, and then um, writing it down. And then something that we often do is get them to to kind of pair share, or do like a speed dating type thing where they go around and, and share with each other. So they're sound, they're getting confident in sharing their values and articulating them, hearing others' values, and also being like, oh, I care about that too. Um, and then reflecting back on that, it's uh, throughout the time of the whole quest journey, they're constantly connecting back to those
1: values. It's foundational, wouldn't it be? It's like there are uh, the in real, it's that relationship building, building a relationship with who they are. Yeah. As a person that, um, they say I read it somewhere that, um, you know, the most important relationship you'll have with someone is with yourself. Yeah. And that's really defined by your values, isn't it? There's another question here from um, Michelle Marshall, Michelle. Um, Do students ever choose to work collaboratively collaboratively on a quest?
0: At this point, not yet. Um, We haven't, we haven't, they've they've asked about it before, like, oh, could I maybe work with a friend? Um, And we really strive to keep it as an individual quest. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not to say that if a student really needed to, for some reason, if it wasn't possible for them to do it on their own or they were extremely uncomfortable, we could we bend like bamboo, as Sal has mentioned a few times. We would make arrangements. Um, we do encourage them to link up their quests with others in mm-hmm. ways where there are connections. So, for example, um, of the many favorites that I didn't have time to talk about, one of our students um, this year, Mila, she. Uh, embarked on a really, a, a New Zealander, uh, she embarked on a really ambitious fundraising campaign and a, awareness raising for um, for a local organization that has shelters and programs um, for women and children in need. And she, she got very close to her goal, but two of her other friends who had Quest projects that were really impactful in their own right, um, they were they made, they made books about different topics and they were, they were selling the books, um, but they hadn't quite decided this additional benefit of their quest that they would have funds to donate um, and trying to figure out where they wanted to donate to, they linked up with Mila's project and funneled their proceeds into her fundraising. So they mm. weren't directly connected, but their quests supported each other's, which was, um, mm. it was really nice.
1: We um last uh, last school year just finished. Uh, we had a greenstone that was done uh, collaboratively. Two two people did a a greenstone together, the grade twelve passion project. And I, you know, I, I've known those students since they were in middle school. Actually, those those young men. Um, and I was a little bit skeptical, to tell you the truth. I was like, I oh, no, you know, um, similar minded of this personal passion project. But When they presented to the community, it was quite unique and they bounced off each other, and the, their project, their greenstone, was quite huge. Um, and so maybe you know the, the question's a good one. Um, most of the time they're all individual, um, but like we kept saying, um, we do bend and, and try and be as innovative as possible. Students ended, and I, I suppose if there was reason enough, they could definitely be collaborative. I like the idea. Also, last year, um, remember they had the three greenstones that. Created the Voices of Silence event. Yes. Um, yeah. So three different greenstones with different sort of messages all came together in a way to create something additional um, between them all as a separate thing to their actual greenstone, but totally connected. Um, but created a fourth entity um, yeah. in a project on its own out of their collaboration. Um, that was pretty epic too for our school.
0: And they, those three also gave space for middle schoolers who wanted to exhibit something for their quest to do so. Henry, the student who was raising awareness through photography, was able to to um, display his photography at their exhibition. Uh, so there's more connection from the greenstone to the quest.
1: Mm. Cool. Um we could obviously keep keep talking over and over and over. um I wish I did have more word association words for you. That was actually really fun. I'm gonna
0: it oh, yeah. puts
1: me on edge. <laughs> well, you know, I love the way it sort of threw you in when there was the first word. Um, we we'll probably give uh, enough time now. So um, I can see Jesse's all the way through the chat. If um, you're here with us today, thank you very much for joining us. Um, Jesse's got some links in the chat. Um, this is organized by the Green Educator Network. Um, and we do offer some pretty amazing online. They're a lot of fun online. Uh, we have a lot of fun with them online, but also on site at Green School we Immersive Educate for Sustainability courses. Um, nearly everyone that does our, um, our Green Educator courses come away um, with that life uh, changing experience, which I think is a, is a real cool thing. Um, for us at Green School Valley to be sharing, but also growing and learning um, through that, that program. So if you're interested in learning more about our Green Educator course, or even just part of our Green School Valley community, please uh, look, look at those links. Um, Angie, it's been a pleasure having you here today. Um, I can't thank you enough um, going through your expertise. Um, not. A, let's, I'm going to stop. I'm not going to thank you for being here today. I'm just going to thank you for being an awesome educator. And for uh, regenerations for education like you do. Um, Your life journey as an educator is impacting and and changing the world. Um, So it's a pleasure to be hanging out with you. Um, And I hope lots and lots of people watch this because you are really awesome.
0: Thank you, Sal. Thanks Mm. for always being there to support everything that we do.
1: Yeah. Okay, everyone, let's go. Green School Bali. We've created a new model of education. We've created a new model of what a school can look like, how it functions as a community, and what and how we learn, even why we learn. We believe that schools can be that regenerative uh, change mechanism for a sustainable future. You know, we live in a fast changing world and education is supposed to keep up with that change. Education is, the purpose of it is supposed to meet meet the needs of a fast changing future. Um, It's teachers like Angie um, that, that bring that to life. Uh, and then make that possible through Quest programs, through Passion and Care. Um, It's a huge gratitude to you, Angie, again. Thank you for sharing. And um, it's awesome always to talk to awesome educators. Thank you, everyone, for being here. Thank you for watching and listening. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And that's a wrap. Goodbye and thank you. See you later. Regeneration through education Let's run down the halls, speak out of turn, break a few rules, and have an honest conversation of why schools need to change. Join me, Sal Gordon, and other rule breakers as we dig into what needs to change, why and how we can pick up the pace of education reform. I think the school bell is about to ring, so let's get ready to get real.